Thank you, Cantors, Addie and Luck, and Eric, and Rod, and Maya. Um, and, um, so Maya, it's wonderful to welcome you for the first time on the BMO. We hope you'll come back. It was beautiful hearing your voice and violin. Um, and of course, we have a, a wonderful Shabbat Kala guest tonight, Cantor Rosalind Barrick. We're so thrilled to have her. So everybody can wave and say Shalom and Shabbat Shalom. Hope we'll give her some big hugs during um, our Oneg Shabbat. Rabbi Rodich mentioned about this week's parsha that in it is also Shabbat, a time when we have this opportunity, actually 25 hours, to be grounded in our tradition. And sometimes I try to pretend that the ways in which our world is swirling and shifting and careening out of control isn't affecting me during the week, but it is, often. So as someone who has a limited supply of denial in my arsenal, who is Jewish and who's also a rabbi, I find myself these days turning more and more to our tradition, to our ancient wisdom, to you, to our community, to find sanity and solace, to find a sense of purpose, a place in this world, and even a plan of action. So how many of you know uh, when the meteorite shower is coming? Right? It's tomorrow night, right? Saturday night? How about the eclipse? Right. So I'm just going to ask you for a moment to forget about the meteorite showers, forget about the eclipse, um, and I'm going to ask you what's so important about August 23rd? It was Cantor Addy's dad's birthday. That's wonderful, but that's not what I was talking about, so happy birthday um, to the memory of your dad. But it's also the first day of the month of Elul, which is the wake-up call that alerts us to the fact that Rosh Hashanah is around the corner. It's the 29 days where it says, wake up, you have 29 days to prepare yourself for the Yamim Noraim, for the awesome days. For many Jews and for most rabbis and cantors, the month of Elul is a time of preparation and reflection and a lot of hard work spiritually. Most years I feel a sense of dread mixed in with the awe, but this year, for me, the month of Elul cannot come quickly enough. Some Jews get prepared for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in the few days or literally the moments before the holidays get here. They call the temple on the morning of Rosh Hashanah. They explain that they forgot when it was this year. And they try and beg, borrow, or even steal their way into the temple or any temple. One year when we were selling tickets uh, to our community service to non-members, a congregant forwarded me a Craigslist posting which offered high holy day tickets to Temple Emmanuel at face value. So I had to inquire myself. I called the number and um, I asked the woman, how much are you selling those tickets for? And she said, $50. She said, but that's what I paid for them. And uh, I said, how much are they worth? And she said, they're worth $50. And I said, how do you know that? <laughs> and she said, what do you mean? I said, well, how do you know how much it's worth. Is it like based on how great the Kol Nidre is or the seats like in the balcony on the ground, how good the sermon is? And she said, are you kidding me? I said, no, it's Rabbi Mintz. <laughs> and there was dead silence. And then she said, does that mean you don't want to buy the ticket back? <laughs> See what I mean? Not every Jew gets prepared for the high holy days in time. The month of Elul, which is understood to be an acronym for the words from the Song of Songs, Ani Lidodi Vidodi Li, or I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine, is also a time when we read the seven haftarot of consolation. 
Beginning on the Shabbat after the observance of Tisha B'Av, as Rabbi Rodich mentioned, this year, which was on August 2nd, or what the Jews call the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, um, all of the catastrophes that befell the Jewish people, um, we unfortunately observe on one day. Uh, for the seven weeks following that up to Rosh Hashanah, there are uh, haftarot that are comforting and of words of consolation and of healing. So in addition to the 29 days of Elul, we have this consolation to lead us away from the observance of the pain that we've suffered into a place of the acknowledgement that we can be reborn, we can be renewed on Rosh Hashanah. There's so much distraction and chatter and noise and screens and tweets and fear and isolation and just the stuff that we carry around with us, Elul can actually be a tremendous gift, a release. So I encourage you this year to take the month of Elul as a spiritual gift. It's almost like a get out of jail free from all the other things that have um, created residue in your life um, and a way to sustain yourself for the months and this year ahead. I was very lucky and blessed that my own rabbi, Herbert Bronstein, encouraged me in my teens and my 20s to delve into this stuff and to take our, seri our tradition seriously and to own it, not just to observe it or to say it's there for a bar mitzvah or to say Kaddish, but that it's actually my tradition. The amazing thing about Judaism, it's really a religion about every day, and Elul is the time to practice that everyday nature of your Judaism. So I want you to say, if you are Jewish, say, my Judaism. My Ju say, my Judaism. Say, I'm a Jew. I believe Elul will work for me. All right, that didn't sound right. I believe Elul can work for me. Okay, if this year you don't believe you need Elul, then I think you need a therapist, because this is a year when we all have felt intense, what's the word? Instability, when we look around at our world. And to go back to a 4,000-year-old faith, which says, here's your stability, here's where your faith can lie, and here's where your strength is in community, is very powerful. So I have uh, two rabbis I've been reading recently, um, Rabbi Rachel Berenblatt, who calls herself the Velveteen Rabbi, and Rabbi Phyllis Summer, um, who is Ima on the Bima, uh, and they both have published some beautiful um, poetry about Elul. So I wanted to give you a little something to go on when I tell you how Elul can work for you. So here are um, two of the selections uh, that they help uh, guide us with for Elul. This is for the first of Elul. I didn't have perfect faith, I didn't trust the world with my eggshell heart. I didn't notice each miraculous instant. I cut sandwiches into small triangles. I read about the little blue truck and the friendly tractor. I sang every night. I tried to say thank you even if the food were already in my mouth, even if the day were already underway by the time I blessed the coffee. What words did I inscribe in the book of memory? I wanted to write kindness more often than I scrawled impatience. I wanted to practice compassion when my son woke me, when traffic slowed me, when strangers smeared my inbox with anger. The camera is always rolling. Play back the year, snacking on popcorn with the Kadosh Baruch Hu and see what the record shows. And this is for the second of Elul. Remember standing in the wings, chest full of butterflies, listening for the cue to step forward and speak. You could look at scuffed wood and remember the masking tape that told you where to stand. And when you said your piece, you knew the response before the words rang out. Today, there is no such luxury. Improvise your lines. Work with whatever emotions well up behind your eyes. Comedy vevere to tragedy and back without warning. The curtain never goes down. The reviewer is always watching. But good news. 
I hear she's inclined toward mercy, if you keep it real. This week, uh, Rabbi Berenblatt um, used a, a beautiful text uh, that she was reading, and so I included it here because uh, it's from an essay by um, a theologian named Philip Carter called Spiritual Direction as an Exchange of Gifts. And he writes, to be fully alive and fully human, we need space or room to breathe. This need is fundamental. It is rooted in our everyday experience. We all know what it's like to feel crowded, pressed, and overwhelmed. We know what it is to face deadlines, expectations, and demands. We know these pressures can originate from outside as well as from within us. And we know the relief, release, and freedom that come from outer and inner space, room to breathe, and to finally be ourselves. We owe it to ourselves individually and communally to find such room and such space. So I began by telling you I know that in a few days there will be meteor showers and there's going to be a solar eclipse. And people will drive for hundreds and even thousands of miles, stay in uncomfortable motels, in crowded tents, dealing with the crushing crowds of multitudes to see what the great creator continues to bestow upon us, miracle by miracle. So what will we do after the seeing and the hearing and the wonder? Will we stay home afterwards and stay stuck, held by inertia, looking back and not ahead? Or will we find the faith and the strength to come back to ourselves to return, to rebuild, to restore, and to renew this year? I'm going to offer you a few of the 29 words of actions and intentions from this Elul blog. And I invite you to choose some of them for the 29 days between the first of Elul and Rosh Hashanah. Prepare, search, believe, choose, trust, forgive, remember, learn, change, awaken, fulfill, love, begin, end, create, bless, and return. So what are you waiting for? I have no idea how many more Elul's I have in my lifetime. How about you? Shabbat Shalom.